Living through a global pandemic is something none of us ever imagined, even the medical professionals who have been at the forefront of the war against COVID-19. Dr. Trisha Robredo has been manning the front lines for the past two years and has a wealth of stories and lessons to share. Dr. Trisha is a primary health physician and public health advocate and has a last name that has been all over the news as the race to the May 2022 national elections heats up. As the daughter of presidential and current Vice President Lenny Robredo, Trisha fights a battle on more than one front. My name is Leah Cruz. On this episode of What Glass Ceiling, we talk to Dr. Trisha Robredo. Hi, Trisha. Welcome to What Glass Ceiling. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Leah, for inviting me. I'm so happy to finally meet you. I know, likewise. (laughs) Likewise. Because we we have something in common and we'll get to that a little later. Yes. (laughs) The past few years have really been such a truly difficult time for the entire world, largely because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, you're a doctor. You've been a frontliner. I know this is an incredibly broad question, but how has life been like for you in this pandemic? Well, ups and downs. Uh, first, kasi, well, I took the boards, it was saktong pandemic. So I was a pandemic board taker. Um, yung unang salang naman sa hospitals, pandemic. So re- it really sucked the energy out of us, basically. So I entered medicine being very idealistic, thinking, na parang, oh, I want to save the world, etc. I want to help people. But then when you go to the hospitals and you see people dying, like, by the second, and you see a really broken health system, it kind of makes you jaded. Eh. Na parang, ano ba tong pinasok ko? Um, I, I came in with the intention to help. Now I just want to rest kasi sobrang nakakapagod siya. But then it's it's been a really humbling experience. Like there are days of pagod ka, but then you're reminded of why you entered the vocation in the first place. And I think ngayong pandemic, even as doctors, our schedules were a bit um, adjusted. So I have I've spent more time at home actually. Uh, pag nasa hospital ka, lunod ka talaga sa work. But when you're at home, you're at home. So I find time for other things. I learned how to cook a bit. Um, I've been trying to incorporate workouts na rin sa week ko para lang to keep my sanity. Because I think that's the only way I can keep myself sane from everything. So, ayun, ups and downs. Because I've, parang, nakabalik ako sa iba kong hobbies while I'm still working. You know, my job as a doctor. So, okay naman. Um, yun, lahat naman ng bagay may positives and negatives. So, I guess, I, I get to enjoy both and I get to learn from both experiences. I have to ask, because of course, when you're in training to become a doctor, I I guess you're presented with like the worst case scenario. But do you ever think, does it ever really cross your mind? Like when you enter medical school, do you ever expect to really face a pandemic in your lifetime? Hindi eh. Parang um, you, you talk about the plague in school or in classrooms, but you talk about it like it's a part of history and something that's never going to come again. Um, I remember when when they announced na may pandemic na nga, na may coronavirus pandemic na. Um, I remember I was in surgery and we were all like, okay, we're gonna get pulled out of the hospitals, but we'll probably be back in two days. Little did we know na hindi na kami babalik as interns at the time. So it was very unimaginable. A lot of us were even joking around about it. Nung simula, na parang wala yan, or parang hindi yan naabot sa Pilipinas. Tapos, Alam mo yun, parang nung mga oras na nagsimula pa lang siya, people were parang faking na umuubo sila, tapos sabi na, oh, coronavirus na yan. 
Pero ang dami sa amin hindi nag-aakala it's gonna be this big. And, you know, when we when we try to recall what we thought in the past, parang nahihiya na rin kami na we should have taken it more seriously or we should have been more prepared. Kasi grabe talaga yung devastation after. So, it's been rough. It's been rough. And you were rookies, basically, thrust yeah. into, into the field. Um, <laughs> How much... How much more difficult was that on on you guys? Because I can imagine you expect to be given a little leeway when you're new, yeah, and uh, and some adjustment period. But literally, baptism of fire. Parang kami well on the one hand, masaramdaman namin na doctor tayo, so parang mas may sense of responsibility that you really have to step up to the plate. Because, syempre, may mga senior consultants kami na mga matatanda na. Ayaw namin galawin sila kasi sila yung pinaka-vulnerable kumbaga in the hospitals. Um, it was a bit scary kasi parang, yun, yun nga, baptism of fire. Yung mga pinag-uusapan namin sa class before, hindi namin akalain na salang na agad kami. So it's not just something that you have to know in theory. You have to be there talaga. And nakakatakot lagi isipin na buhay na yung kapalit ng mistakes na magagawa mo. It's not just the grades anymore. So, Um, it was a bit scary, but I think it was a it was a character building experience. Then, now I can say now, like after having gone through the first or the first few years of the pandemic, I think I'm a I'm a more decisive doctor. Na parang kailangan ko talaga to make decisions on the fly, kasi may naghihintay, we don't have time to waste, and hindi na ako as emotional siguro as I was before, kasi alam ko kung iiyak ako. Ang daming pasyente na hindi matutugunan kasi umiiyak lang ako. So, ayun, I think that really shaped my... my it, it built my character as a doctor. Did you lose any colleagues or mentors during the pandemic? Um, personally, meron ako. Like, I had a senior na nawala. Um, but it wasn't... Nawala siya during the pandemic, but I don't think it was COVID. Um, but of course, kahit di mo kalala personally yung doctor, alam mo na colleague mo pa rin yun. And I think as doctors, alam mo yung pinagdadaanan ng mga, ng mga nakapalibot sa'yo na doctor din. And losing a talent or losing a colleague, sobrang devastating niya. Kasi ang tagal nila nag-training and para lang mawala because of poor pandemic response, it's really heartbreaking. Um Lalo na yung mga bata din na nagsisimula pa lang sa careers nila. Tapos biglang tinamaan ng COVID. Sobrang nakalungkot, nakalungkot. Um, you mentioned that you had to become a more decisive doctor, that you really had to own all the skills that you learned yeah. before, I mean, coming into the pandemic. But mm-hmm. what were the things that you realized about yourself because of what you had to go through as a frontliner? I think I was very tentative before. Um, ako, personally, may, may, mga, may mga hesitations pa rin ako na parang second thoughts din. Nakaya ko ba ito? Um, kailangan ko lagi magtawag ng someone to oversee what I'm doing when I was trying to start out as a doctor. But then, ayun nga, yung pag may naghihingalo na in front of you and you don't have any other choice but to do it yourself because everyone else is busy with attending to other patients wala kang choice kundi gawin mo at ma-realize mo na kaya ko naman pala. So, mas pinatibay talaga yung loob ko. And I think before then, um, hindi ako sigurado sa pagiging doktor, basically. It was, at first, it was one of the requirements I just had to finish. Um, 
nakuwento ko na to several times na late ko na-realize yung gusto kong gawin in life. Um, na-realize ko na I wanted to write, I wanted to become a journalist. But the time I realized that I was already in medicine and I felt like the investment was, masasayang siya kung hindi ko siya tapusin. Um, so, parang in short, the rest of the time I was going through medical school, internship, etc. Very tentative ako na parang hindi ito yung gusto kong gawin. But because of the pandemic and seeing how much you can actually help and how much you're needed in the field, parang mas napatiba yung loob ko na I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be. And ayun, parang it was a, it was a huge wake-up call and parang a huge uh, recognition na yung ginagawa ko naman pala. Hindi ko siya gusto nung simula. For, uh, for I learned to love it. So that was, that, was a, that was one of the good and strong points that came out of the pandemic. Na nakilala ko sa lili ko and nahanap ko basically yung purpose ko na for me ang tagal na wala kasi akala ko hindi yun yung gusto kong gawin. What were the what were some of the most difficult instances that you were faced with during the pandemic? Yes, during the pandemic. Uh, well, for me, the first time I had to face relatives of a patient to say na he he probably wasn't gonna make it or konti na lang yung oras niya. Um, I have a very soft spot for for families talaga kasi nakita ko na very, alam mo very close sila tapos nag-aalala lagi na parang ano mangyayari sa dad ko, um, kakayanin niya ba? Sabihan ka na, Dok, gawin niyo lahat ng kaya niyong gawin para maligtas siya, sana maka-okay pa siya. But then when you're given the task to actually break the news to the family and tell them straight na, um, Mom, you have to prepare kasi, you're, for example, your father's not doing well. Or tatanungin mo sila, Ma'am, um, should we intubate your, your father or your brother or your sister? Kasi she can't breathe on her own anymore. At first, hindi ko siya kaya. Parang hindi, hindi ko kaya na hindi ako umiiyak na sabihan sila na ito na yung condition. Um, it, it, it was difficult to balance how to become objective but at the same time, sympathetic sa pinagdadaanan nila because you know it's not easy for them. I think yun yung more than the skills that I had to develop throughout the pandemic, it's really talking to families and telling them about the prognosis of their relative. Ang hirap nun sa akin. And until now, actually, it's it doesn't get easier. You get used to it, but it's still difficult each time. I'm, I'm tearing up also because my Lola <laughs> passed away from COVID. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. But I, I get it because, like, I probably come from the end of the of the family members who have to accept that truth. But now I'm hearing it from you also, and uh, it's difficult for all sides. Uh, I mean, across across the board, and this is something that you had to, I guess, deal with. Was it on a daily basis or in in a daily? May may time na ilang beses ko siya kailangan gawin. Um, when it got so bad, I think it was 2021 actually. Um, August of August, September 2021, yung Delta variant. Grabe yun. Um, may mga patients sa kami na hindi na-accommodate at kakausapin ko yung relatives sa labas na ng hospital telling them, we don't have beds anymore. Tapos sasabihan nila na pero nagihingalo na yung yung kapamilya ko, anong gagawin natin dito. Pero alam mo yun, it was, it was really practically impossible to accommodate more patients kasi punong-puno na sa loob. Yun, heartbreaking pa yun to tell them na wala na po kaming kama. You have to look for another hospital. Or parang, 
sige, kung gusto mo magpa-admit dito, dito ka sa labas. Dito siya sa labas, gagamutin. Which is, for me, no one has, parang, no one should ever go through that experience. Pero, we were pushed to that. Kasi eh. ang hirap, ang hirap niya talaga. Um, parang, alam mong, bawat buhay is important. Pero dahil sa dami niya, like the sheer volume, don't know how to manage anymore. And sometimes you become a bit numb na rin na, okay, ang dami naghihintay sa akin, so kailangan ko na tumatapos, kailangan ko sa makausap. So on to the next. No, it's a doctor's worst nightmare, as in, hindi talaga. And because it's a worst nightmare, it must have taken its toll on you as well. Personally, what what were the lowest points for you? Ako, pag umuwi ako nun sa, sa bahay, Other than, natatakot ako mauwi ko sa bahay yung virus. Um, hindi, hindi mahirap na parang magiging masungit ka rin kasi sa pagod. Kasi lahat na nakikita mo. And ako nagigilty ako every time na susungitan ko. Sina mama, sina ate na parang they just really wanna ask. Parang how did how was work? Kumusta yung experience mo? And you're kind of gonna lash out on them because you're just so tired. And you're, parang you don't have the energy to explain what's happening. And sa mga oras na yun na parang hindi hindi mo na nga na-save yung mga tao sa ospital kasi sobrang lala ng kondisyon nila. Tapos babalik ka na ang sungit pa sa lahat ng tao. Ang sama niya sa pakiramdam na sometimes you're going to ask talaga na, ang sama ko bang tao? Bakit ito nangyari? Bakit namatayan ako ng pasyente? Tapos pag uwi ko sa bahay, ang sungit ko pa rin. So parang, ang, ang, ang bigat niya, kumbaga, na parang this, parang I, I, I came into the vocation to be To be of service, to be a good person. Pero even that, I couldn't do inside my own house. Kasi pagod ako masyado from work. So I think yun, yung mga panahon na yun, na sobrang over, overloaded ka sa work, tapos nadadala mo sa bahay yung stress, uh, ang sama niya sa pakiramdam talaga. It, it, sounds like a, it sounds like a lot of trauma also for you as a frontliner. How, how do you process that? I mean, have you begun to heal from that? Or... Not yet. Kasi hindi pa tapos. Eh, well, hindi pa siya tapos. That's one. And two, I think matatakot ka rin na parang pag entertain mo yung thoughts, so hindi ka na makakaalis sa, sa black hole na yun. Um, I, I, I have a lot of colleagues in the hospitals, nurses, doctors. Umalis na sila ng Pilipinas. Kasi ayaw na talaga nila. And you can't blame them. Um, they're, they're not treated right. They have very unreasonable work hours. They're not compensated the way they should be compensated. So, may intindihan mo kung bakit sila umalis. And I have to admit, there are times na mapapaisip ko rin, gusto ko na rin umalis. Kasi parang, not just the country, but leave the vocation altogether. Leave the, leave the field altogether. Kasi mapapaisip ko talaga na nagagawa ko pa ba yung kailangan kong gawin, given this system. Or... Am I still happy with the person I'm becoming because of how this pandemic has shaped me? Um, but you know, sometimes you just really have to push those thoughts back at the backside of your head. Kasi kung hindi, hindi ka talaga makakatrabaho. Um, it's paralyzing, I have to admit. But then, papasalamat ka na lang talaga na may some moments in the hospital sa papaalalahanin ka na kung bakit ka nandyan. Uh, pag may mga pasyente, for example, na lumalapot sa'yo, Minsan nga hindi mo na maalala, pero babalik sa ospital para lang magpasalamat. Kasi um, sobrang may sakit siya two months ago, tapos sinulungan mo siyang magpagaling. 
um, very affirming siya na may napupuntahan naman pala yung lahat ng ginagawa natin. Um, so you hold on to those moments and you hope na kahit hindi mo alam ay natutulungan ka pa rin. Um, and I guess that's one way of coping. You, you mentioned already that that you became a doctor to be of service and to help, but it was also not really a straight line to get yeah. to that point where you actually became a doctor. Yeah. What was but what was the what was the process at arriving to that decision? Now, okay, I'm gonna enter medical school. I'm gonna pursue this field. Yeah. It's it's a long story, but then I remember it all started when I was trying to apply for a college. I really wanted to go into Ateneo. Kasi na-brainwash ako sa UAAP, basically. Pero hindi ko alam what major I was gonna get. Um, I was applying for schools. I was 14 years old. Uh, wala akong alam. So hindi ko alam ko anong major yung gusto kong pasukin. But I remember si mama talaga gusto niyang magkaroon ng doktor sa pamilya. She wanted to become a doctor, but hindi yun yung nangyari sa kanya. So she was hoping that one of her daughters would become a doctor. So ako, ako ata yun na medyo nakita niyang pwedeng mapilit. So she told me to go into a science course, and I did, because I really didn't know what I wanted at that time. Um, and then tuloy-tuloy na siya, na parang ako, wala pa rin akong plan even after college. So sabi ko, I guess the easiest choice would be medicine, and that would make a lot of people happy, especially my family. Ako naman, yung pinaka-important sa akin yung pamilya ko, so whatever makes them happy, gagawin ko talaga. Um, but then, ayun nga, when I was in medical school, ako naman yung naging unhappy. Na I was very unhappy. I felt like parang I despised what I was doing and it affected my entire mindset and my whole disposition na I even failed a class because I really hated what I was doing. Um, so when I failed that class, I decided to take, a, take some time off and discover what I really wanted to do. Pero ako talaga na, na guilty ako. I think at first it was pure guilt na ang dami nang ininvest sa akin ng pamilya ko na resources na sayang kung hindi ko siya tapusin. So sabi ko, what's another four years of my life? Um, gawin ko na to and then maybe when I become a doctor, pwede ko na gawin kung anong gusto kong gawin. But then I started rotating in the hospitals and started interacting with patients. Napamahal ako sa trabaho. Um, Ayun, yung lagi sa amin sinasabi, you, you won't necessarily love what you do every day. But then when you keep doing it and you and you actually try to be present sa ginagawa mo, maybe you will find like parang an intersection sa gusto mong gawin and kailangan mong gawin. Tapos yun, ako nahanap ko siya sa patient interaction. Tapos doon, napamahal na talaga ako sa ginagawa ko. And kaya ngayon, I, I'm still a practicing doctor and I actually like what I'm doing despite being very tired on most days. So, That's it. And that's that's like a common story actually yung mga ano uh yung mga anak na iba yung yeah. pinapasukan I mean as opposed to what they really want to do or they don't know what they want to do and it's it's like a continuous journey of self discovery what would you tell yeah. people who are still on that journey or yung mga those who find themselves in a situation na hindi naman nila pinili but they feel obligated yeah. to pursue maybe because of their family or other circumstances I think ang hirap niya din i-balance eh. Because at one point, I feel like I'm supposed to tell them to to be a bit stronger for themselves and actually fight for what they want. Um, at sa, parang sometimes, I wish na I was more assertive in that sense. Na parang sana mas nilaban ko sa 
sa magulang ko, for instance, na magusto ko talaga magsulat. Or let me try this out. If this doesn't work, then we'll go with your plan. Um, but at the same time, I want to tell them that we also have to trust people who have more experience, probably. So parang ako, nung sinunod ko si mama na mag-medicine, galit na galit ako sa sarili ko na ba't ko ba siya pinakikinggan? Na dapat mas pinakinggan ko yung sarili ko. And ang daming beses nung nasa med school talaga ako na gusto ko nang bumitaw. Pero I just really, I stayed disciplined, basically. And then I really tried to be present. Na parang kung nasa med school ako, wala akong ibang iniisip ko, hindi medicine. And it grew on me eh. Na parang, ayun, ina- pinapaalalahanan talaga sa akin lagi na hindi ko gugustuhin lagi yung ginagawa ko. Pero basta sipagin ko lang. And siguro I spend some more time to try to get to know the field and to try to get more immersed. Maybe I will find something that I will like. And that's what happened to me. So I think it's it's a it's a balance of trying to incorporate something about yourself and what you're doing. And then trying to be open to many experiences and many opportunities. And not necessarily yun yung ginusto mo. Kasi baka makahanap ka dun ng baka mahanap mo dun yung purpose mo, basically. You know, where, where passion meets purpose. So, yeah. <laughs> and, and you did mention also that um, obsessed ka sa UAAP and mahilig ka magsulat. <laughs> Is uh-huh. that what led you to your stint as a courtside reporter in the UAAP? Actually, I never really dreamed of becoming a courtside, if that makes sense. But then I watched... I watched the games a lot. I watched you a lot. Then you were still a court side. Um, hindi ko siya, hindi ko siya pinangarap. But then one time, I remember, I was watching a game with my sister. And then we saw a court side reporter. Tapos parang sabi niya, hindi mo yan gagawin, no? And then, I felt so challenged. So sabi ko, dare ba to? So, well, when she said that, I decided to randomly apply. So I, I submitted my application to ABS. I remember when I was being called for the auditions na I was supposed to back out because I had the I had the political science exam like right after ta sabi ko bawal ako late for my exam so anong gagawin ko but then I still went and then I guess may nakita sila sa akin and then they told me nga na I was going to become a court side eh it was so new to me I was in a science course I didn't know anything about journalism I watched sports a lot but hindi ako, hindi ako marunong magsulat, hindi ako marunong sa broadcasting. Pero, ayun, inaral ko talaga siya, Leah. Um, I was assigned to NU. I was an Atenean, but I was assigned yeah. to NU. Yeah. So, it was so funny because I would go to Sampaloc, as in Manila. Yeah. And then go straight to my class after. But I felt like I needed to do that as a journalist. Mm-mm. So, para may, may makwento ako, para maaral ko yung game. And then sometimes, even on my off-game days, manunood pa rin ako just to see how I'm supposed to report. Inaral ko talaga yung job. Tapos medyo na-internalize ko siya. Tapos doon ko actually nahanap na gusto ko pala magsulat. Um, not not just about sports, but I, I really want to write human interest stories. Um, and that is something I wanted to pursue. Uh, pero ayun nga, nag-medicine tayo. So, I tried to write about my experiences in the hospital na lang. So, yun yung naging, ano ko, yun yung naging compromise ko sa sarili ko. But, I would like to thank courtside talaga for for exposing me to that kind of experience na mas natuto akong magsulat. I found my voice. Um, I was more confident after that experience. So, mabuhay ang courtside <laughs> kasi marami tayo natutunan doon. 
we can mm-hmm. actually do a whole episode just on your experiences <laughs> on that. But I won't, yeah. I won't venture that yeah. far. We won't. We don't have enough time. Do you think in the future that's a path that somehow you could venture down? Oh, uh, I'm not sure. Uh no, no, sinusubukan ko mag-apply for jobs na whether it be writing or whether it be reporting. Um, I think the networks were a bit hesitant to to let me in because of my affiliation. So, my counting bias and gets ko naman. Like, we, we don't want to compromise the integrity of journalism. But definitely, I hope to still pursue writing. Um, there's a there's a master's degree that I'm looking to pursue. It's called narrative medicine. So, tutulungan kang parang magsalat about your experiences in the medical field para mas, mas maging relatable experiences mo and people can learn from them. Um, so, ayun talaga, Leah. Um, medyo, medyo gusto ko siya i-pursue. But for now, kasi we have the pandemic, um, there are a lot of things that I still have to overcome. Uh, willing naman ako ma-delay yung plano ng narrative medicine kasi alam ko may iba pa akong kailangan. Um, I have a lot of things to attend to at the moment. But then I always remind myself that it doesn't mean na pag ma-delay siya, hindi mo siya pwedeng gawin. So, I'm hoping that down the line, Maybe it's not now, but hopefully in the future, it's something I could explore. Now, obviously, yung pamilya mo, you've been all over the news nowadays in the lead-up to the national elections. What was it like growing up exposed to politics, exposed to service? And how how did that shape shape you? Kami kasi growing up, kasi ako yung pinanganak ako, si Papa Mayor na eh. Uh, pero hindi namin siya tiningnan as a government official. Pero yung pag-mayor, parang ordinary lang siya na trabaho. So parang ko yung kaibigan ko, um, his dad is a doctor or his dad is a, a lawyer, for example. Parang pareho lang siya sa ginagawa ng dad ko. So hindi namin naisip na it's something out of the ordinary. Alam lang namin na yung nature of work niya is may constituency siya, kailangan niya mag-servisyo. Uh, but dahil exposed kami sa ganong klaseng, um, ganong klaseng work, I think we've always been taught not to just think about ourselves. Like you go beyond yourself and you go to the communities talaga and see how you can help them as well. Parang the only way that lahat talaga aangat or parang the only way that I can say na I've become successful is if my community is successful as well. And I think may kita yun sa kanya-kanyang trabaho na tina- pinasok namin. My sister works Um, in an NGO, I work as a doctor, and I think hinahanap talaga namin yung mga trabaho na makatulong kami sa iba. Um, yun, kasi parang doon kami exposed eh, na parang kasalanan na hindi isama yung ibang tao sa pag-progress mo, basically. So we try to look for, we try to look for jobs or we try to look for careers that would be more inclusive. But we try to, to help people along. Uh, not necessarily politics. I don't think may mga papasok sa amin sa politika. Sa aming tatlong magkakapatid, after my mom talaga, ex na kami. As in, done na. But we were taught kasi na no matter where you are, you can really be of help. So, kampante kami being in our fields, knowing that we can make a difference and we can serve given our chosen location. You've quite infamously, while in the public eye in this day and age, you've been exposed to cyberbullying and harassment. Lahat ng mga threats, siguro you and your sisters have have experienced them all. That kind of upbringing that you mentioned, to some people, 
na hindi na exposed sa upbringing na ganon, parang it sounds too good to be true. <laughs> Kasi hindi, hindi nila alam. So what what do you what would you say to others who say it's just a fraud? Oh, I, I don't think I have anything to prove, honestly. Um, pag sasabihin na palabas mo lang yan, you can see what you've been doing the past couple of years. And I think it's important to see the consistency na parang whether kampanya season or election season or not, look at what what the rest of us are doing. Uh, paano ba? Uh, ang hirap niya explain eh. Pero ayoko na magbuhat ng sariling bangko. But at the same time, it's like, parang the, the reason why we we get to do it, I think mas highlighted lang siya ngayong election season talaga because you have more eyes looking at you. Pero hindi siya mahirap gawin sa amin. It's so natural because that's how we were raised it. Na parang ito yung sinabi sa amin at sumusunod lang kami sinabi nila. So parang it's not difficult for us to to appear that way kasi ganun naman talaga yung pinagmula namin. Parang your roots namin ganun talaga. So I really don't know what to tell people that it's just a front other than you can think what you want to think but you can also look at what we've been doing the past couple of years sa na pagini elections and the consistency I guess will speak for itself. Um I I I know there are a lot of rooms for improvement still. For example, yung sa cyberbullying, hindi yan na sinasabi mo. May mga times nagigil din kami. At may mga times na gusto namin sumagot. Uh, sometimes we slip. So we're human in that aspect. Na hindi namin napupigilan yung sarili namin. But we always try to stay the course. And I think knowing kasi the bigger picture. The public image actually that you and your sisters project is that yun nga, you take it all in stride. Uh, mm-hmm. You would, I, I, I imagine that nat- natural lang na you feel gigil or parang gusto niyong sumagot. Yeah. But it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't show so much. It doesn't show so much. But that's, that's sort of hard to, to achieve because while you experience this on a wider scale, these things can happen to anyone nowadays. What have yeah. you learned in dealing with the worst kinds of threats that you can share with others who are perhaps going through similar situations? To be fair, Leah, I think it took some time before we arrived to this disposition. Um, ilang beses din ako napagsabihan na bakit ka pumapatol. Or, for example, as a, as a millennial, and I guess a middle child, ang, 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 ang dali maging passive-aggressive online kapag inis ka na. And I think I've had a lot of those moments in the past na napagsabihan talaga ako. Um, but then at the end of the day, isipin mo sino bang lugi kong mapikon. And I think that's one of the that's one of the things we we try to constantly keep in mind. Na sila yung nagaksa yung energy pang tutrol sa yon. The best you can show them is that you're unfazed. You continue with your job. You don't affect sa kanila. But I think one important lesson that we learned then in the past is we have to know ani yung okay and ano yung hindi. Na I think naging pagkukulang namin as a family. We thought for the longest time na yung hindi pa mamatol was the best way to go about it na lumaki na nang lumaki yung disinformation, basically. Na parang some things are kind of irreversible now. Um, marami ka ng mga conceptions sa hindi mababago. Kasi when it was just starting, hindi mo siya na-address. Um, that's something I wish we did more. Um, so while I would tell people to keep your cool and look at, you know, ano yung worth spending energy on, Um, I hope some people would also be a bit, you know, I, I hope they were a bit stronger then. Na parang kung tingin mo, um, 
uh, parang over the line na. For example, yun ako mo ng threats ay rape threats, for example, or sobrang bastos na. Don't be afraid to stand up for yourself. You have to fight. You have to fight these, ano eh, these bashing, these cyberbullying, because it'll never go away. And kung papabiktem mo kadaon, isipan mo, nagkuperpetuate lang yung ganong culture kung di mo siya tapusin when when it's there. Eh. So ayon, a balance talaga, keeping your cool and knowing what's enough. Parang you know, enough is enough. I'm gonna stand up for myself. So ayon, yun yung mga important lessons siguro na na natutunan namin na ngayon we're still trying to balance we're still trying to learn how to how to achieve that but we're trying so every time natingin namin may sobra na may over the line na, na misinformation we try to address pero yung mga wala lang naman na pagtutrol wag na aksayan ng panahon kasi wala talagang point Nowadays, you're identified so much by your last name and your affiliations. But we've been talking about things that are so specifically you, like your path and and how you feel about certain things. Can you still think of yourself nowadays as a distinct individual with your own life, your own personality, your own characteristics? As in, as 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 Trisha Robredo, or even as just Trisha. Well, well, Robredo, muna. Does that? Do you, does that cross your mind? That can you still think of yourself that way? That's what I try to achieve. Kumbaga, parang ako, I, I'm very proud to have the set of parents that I have. But I also want to tell people that I'm more than just the daughter of Lenny Robredo and Jessie Robredo. Parang I am my own person. Um, I am a doctor. I love to write. Parang may sarili din akong identity. Um, in fact, in the hospitals, I don't use my last name when I introduce myself to my patients. So, like, it's common practice to say, for example, I'm Dr. Cruz or I'm Dr. Like This. Every time I try to introduce myself, I say I'm Dr. Trisha. But whatever you say as a patient, you will judge me as a doctor and not as a daughter of someone or not because of my affiliation. So, kung kumalpak ako, it's all me. Kung may magawa akong tama, ako yun. Um, it's important for me to still keep my identity. Kasi yung, for example, yung pagiging in possession ng mom ko or nung dad ko even, that's very temporary, eh? but who you are, that's good. That's going to stay with you the rest of your life. So that's what I strive to build pa rin, na parang nasa position man yung mom ko o hindi. I, I can still keep going because I have my own life. Um, and I can still think about that, of myself that way, na astresya lang talaga. Um, I admit na mahirap siya sometimes kasi syempre may recognition. But I find my way around it and I really try to to fight to keep my identity afloat na totoo anak ako nito pero sarili din ako ng tao magkakaroon din ako ng sarili kong career magkakaroon din ako ng sarili kong pamilya in the future pero hindi lang ako basta yun like i don't want to box myself as just the daughter of even though that's a that's a huge honor and that's a huge i don't know it's a huge privilege but i want to tell people that i'm more than just that what are the most important lessons that you've learned from your mom and your sisters? Ano ba? Madami. <laughs> uh, most important. Well, for me, ako kasi nakita ko na hindi siya natatakot masyado. They're very unafraid of what's ahead, of any challenge that comes our way. Kasi alam nila na we're always on the side of truth. So that's one. Parang yung lagi sa sabi ng mom ko, wala kang 
dapat ikatakot kung wala kang tinatago. So that's also a call to always do the right thing even though it's difficult. Kasi parang that's that's the only way you can sleep better at night knowing na you don't have skeletons in the closet. Or parang um yeah, but you don't have anything to fear as long as you're always on the side of what's good and what's true. But at the same time, your your important lesson for me and I think nakita ko dahil pinapakita lagi sa bahay, yung pagmamahal talaga sa isa't isa. I don't think um walang nothing is stronger than the support and the love that you give each other. And I think even in difficult times you always have to choose a loving option because that's the only way everyone's going to thrive and I think that's one of the reasons why I love the environment at home. Na parang kahit nakakainis na yung isang tao, mamahalin mo pa rin siya and you'll just keep encouraging for for instance. Tapos parang that's that's the that's the path to to success eh, basically and the path to to achieving your fullest self if you're surrounded by an environment of love and an environment of support. So, ayun. Um, being unafraid as long as you're on the side of truth. Um, always being loving to each other and being support, parang each other's support system. Uh, knowing that you can do great things but you can do greater things with others around you. Um, That's something that's never verbalized at home, but that's something I always feel when I'm in the presence of my family. And that's very it's something I'm very grateful for. I want to talk about the concept of hope. Because mm-hmm. it we're 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 in the I hope we're in the tail end of a pandemic. I hope yeah. I'm crossing my fingers, but we don't really yeah. know. And I th- I feel like the times also here in our country, it's it's a it's a it's an appropriate feeling to discuss hope. Can you share with us what you've learned about hope based on first what you've seen as a frontliner in this pandemic? Ako kasi parang when days are tough, wala ka na talagang ibang pangkakapitan but you know the desire and hoping that things will get better. Knowing that there's a para hoping that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Parang some, sometimes that's enough to keep you pushing it. Na parang, okay, you, you see a lot of advancements even though it takes so long. For example, as a frontliner in the pandemic, nung wala pa tayong bakuna, kasi sabi nila na there are people trying to develop, there are companies trying to develop a cure or a prophylactic vaccine for, protective vaccine for for the virus. Parang, ginaganahan ka na, sige, kahit pagod na ako, ipush natin hanggang magkabakuna. Kasi things might get better then. Or parang for example, yung pasyente mo sobrang pangit na ng prognosis, pero bigla siyang nag-respond. Na tinaas na yung finger niya just to to tell the doctors, to tell the family members na, hey, I'm still fighting. Tapos pag may nakikita kang ganong signs, like those small signs talaga na parang, okay, may pag-asa pa na baka pwede nating buhayin yung pasyente. Or may pag-asa pa na we can recover from this pandemic. It keeps you going. Eh. That's, what you, that's what you look at sa sa very difficult times, um, and I think it's important. Uh, it's important in a sense. That means that when you don't have other that's all you hold on to. And sometimes that's enough. The promise of a better tomorrow, the promise that things will get better in time. So as a frontliner, the mga malilit na bagay na yon na nagshow ng signs na there's more to there's more to what we're facing through now, at makalabas din tayo dito. 
yun talaga yung nakapa, nakapagising sa'yo sa umaga kahit pagod na pagod ka na. And what keeps you going throughout your shift until you have to do it all over again. What about what you've learned about hope? Being on the campaign trail now and really being out there and seeing people, especially after two years of, you know, everyone sort of keeping their distance from one another. But, you know, being out there and, and seeing things on the streets. What have you learned about hope from that? Ako for ako para sa akin nagsimula kami dia nung nung tatakbo pa lang yung mommy ko. Uh, medyo medyo reluctant kami magkakapatid. Kasi yung pakiramdam namin kami-kami lang yung lalaban nito. But every time we go out and we see people they're crying and they're saying na um ginagawa namin to para sa kinabukasan ng anak namin, sa kinabukasan ng apo namin. Tapos makikita mo na kahit yung umuugod-ugod na lalabas pa rin because they're hoping that things will get better. I think that's very infectious and that's very strong. Um, alam ko parang ang, ang generic niya pakinggan pero yung, yun, makikita mo na basta nakikita mo yung mga tao parang hindi pa nawawala ng pag-asa at nilalaban pa talaga because they hope things will get better. It's infectious kasi gaganahan ka rin at masalakas yung loob mo na oh, someone's fighting with me. And someone's hoping the thing, the same things I hope for. Parang kahit feeling mo sobrang short end of the stick ka na, ilalaban mo pa rin siya just to see if all the fighting will turn into something better. Tapos parang that's the energy, parang that's where you get your energy. Yung, yung, you're really hoping for better things. And I think that's what keeps us going and that's what keeps us strong throughout the campaign. Na parang kahit feeling namin dehadong-dehado kami, nakikita namin may umaasa, may tumatayo, at nilalagay yung pag Parang nagtataya sila kasi umaasa sila that we'll see better days. Yun talaga yung nakakapa... It's motivating, it's energizing, and it's really heartwarming then Sometimes it's overwhelming. So parang ako, the best antidote to, to the cynicism that we all feel, to the hopelessness we feel, is... No dreaming for a better tomorrow and banking on having better days in the future. And I think that's why hope is very beautiful because it encourages you to move. Eh. Parang it gets you out of your seat into the streets. Para lang ipaglaban yung gusto mong ipaglaban. I think, I think that's hope personified. And I'm just really grateful to see it. Parang I'm grateful for the chance to see it every day now in the campaign trail. And personally, what are the words that, that you live by? Like, every day, what, what helps you get up in the morning? Kahit pagod na pagod ka. Oh, shocks. Um, ano ba? Oh, ngayon yung akin, ano eh. At least now, um, as in present day, ako iniisip ko, fight of our lives every day eh. Kahit pagod ka na, alam mo, you're fighting for something bigger. And it's really how, I mean, the, the work I'm doing now, it feels like the fight of my life. Um, na parang all or nothing siya. So I think that's what keeps me going. Not fear, not fear necessarily, but I'm excited for better days. Kaya kahit pagod na pagod na ako, ginagawa ko pa rin yung kaya kong magawa to, to get those better days. So, Yeah. It changes. It changes day by day. But yun talaga feeling ko kasi wala, you're, you're in it to win it kasi there are bigger things ahead. So kahit pagod na, kailangan talagang kumayod pa rin kasi may ibang umaasa sa'yo. Pwera sa sarili mo. So, yeah. 
Jessa, thank you so much for being mm-hmm. on What Glass Ceiling. I could ask so many other questions, but I don't want to take up too much of your time. So thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you, Leah. Thank you. Thank you for having me.